When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Tomorrow's car is in stock today. Tech driver Hyundai Tucson turbo diesel all-wheel drive. It's the run home with Joel and Fletch on SEN. Yeah, Joel, the great man, the great humble one, Matty Russell. Uh, we are here thanks to Hyundai Tucson turbo diesel live from Wollongong Golf Club for Blitz Golf. And I can tell you this, there was a bit of a blitz just now. There must be, oh, there'd be thousands of people here. And all of a sudden, like a herd, they've just moved towards the 18th because... The 24 of these professionals got cut in half after six holes. It's terrific. So if you know the Big Bash Cricket, Blitz Golf Pro Series, after six holes, half are gone. We're down to 12. So now they've got to compete for three holes, keeping their score. And then there's a playoff hole nearest to the pin, Matty. And there's a 15-year-old local right in amongst it. Sam Cassio flying the flag for the locals' hopes. He's the number one gun. He's leading. Yeah. 15 years of age. 20k up for grabs too. So good on you, Sam. We look. I don't mind saying this. We're cheering you, young fella. We are cheering you. Now we've been doing these one percenters for most of the hour. Reason being, that was inspired by the wonderful fielder, Jonty Rhodes. Um, if you're mid 40s or older, you'd remember the great man Jonty Rhodes. What a fielder he was. Well, he's coming up right after this. The great South African. This is the run home with Joel and Fletch. We're live, as I said, Wollongong Golf Club. If you're around, we're getting to the pointy end. You've probably still got a good hour and a half until this concludes. It's all happening. It's a great vibe. We'll catch you down here. Tomorrow's car is in stock today. Tech driver Hyundai Tucson turbo diesel all-wheel drive. It's the run home with Joel and Fletch on SEN. Uh, listeners, you're in for a treat here. Uh, welcome back to the run home with Joel and Fletch. All thanks to Hyundai Tucson Turbo Diesel. As we've mentioned, Matty Russell and I are coming to you live from Wollongong Golf Club for Blitz Golf. So come on down, check it out. The action, Coromel Street in Wollongong. And the crowd, uh, what would you, a theatre. A theatre. A gallery. Thea- a gallery has built because we're down to 12. It's a brilliant concept. And brutal conditions, Joel. Brilliant concept in brutal conditions, Matty. And I would just love, I'm not a member of a golf club at the moment, I love my golf, I can't play 18 holes. If a golf club showed some initiative in Sydney and came up with this format, exact mm. format, and I'll, we'll speak to the, uh, the organiser of this, I'm in. I'm in for your hour or two on a Saturday. Uh, it'd be fantastic. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. If you missed the first hour of the show, you can catch up on the podcast, the Lawn Hub call line. Is one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. You can text oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. Now the inspiration behind our first hour, which dominated the text board, we're talking about the player who was synonymous with something. They didn't need to be the absolute megastar of a team, but if you mention one little uh, department in any sport, they were iconic with it. Well, this guy was iconic fielder. You'd never take him on for two. He's probably the best fielder I've ever seen. And I've got to say this, ladies and gentlemen, he's part of the SEN cricket commentary team. Proteus legend, Jonty Rhodes. Welcome to the run home. Hello, mate. Good afternoon, fellas. How are you doing? Jonty, I can't believe I'm speaking to you in person. 52 tests, 245 ODIs for South Africa. You were the first South African to take 100 catches 
you're here to set the scene for SEN, South Africa, number two seed in the world when it comes to the Test Championship, taking on Australia, number one. How excited for this are you, Jonty? Yeah, I am really excited. I'm, I'm actually sitting at the ground right now together, having a look out, and I'm just grateful for the fact that there's a there's a roller sort of uh, pressing the grass up and down the middle, and there's some lines, because I can't tell the difference between where they are going to be playing <laughs> and the rest of the table. So it's going to be exciting. Uh, both teams have a great fast bowling attack, um, good variety. And uh, I think we're going to see a lot of that sort of hopping around as a batter in, at the crease in this, the first day of play anyway, tomorrow. So a green top, you're telling us, Jonty. And as we know, the Australians have a fantastic record at the Gabba. But you bring, as you touched on, this fantastic pace attack. Just give us some names and maybe the fast bowlers or bowler who you think will really shine during this series. Yeah, 100%. I think both teams have a, a pretty well-equipped pace attack. I think we've, we've got a bit of variety as well. Um, Rabada, obviously, Kajiso Rabada is, is been a, a top performer for South Africa. Not always, you know, on song. You, you kind of catch him, catch him hot and cold occasionally. But when he's hot, he is really hot. He's also um, Lungisan Ngidi, Lungisani Ngidi. He also opens the bowling. He's done really well for South Africa in the past. Marco Janssen, a really tall, he's got a wingspan of about six meters. I think the man is, he's a, he's a very tall fella, left arm quick, gets lots of bounce. Um, not as fast as, as the other two. And then Heinrich, Heinrich Nokia, also really quick, 150 plus all the time. Um, so if we get the balance where we, we, we've been talking, this African team, the captain, Dean Older, he's been talking about, you know, toe to toe with the Australians, um, being aggressive and in their face. And I think to do that, they're going to have to go with a, a six batter, five bowler approach. But the only concern for me is that the South African batting lineup, not nearly as experienced or as prolific as their Aussie counterparts. Yeah, as you detail, you've got the bowlers to take 20 wickets in a test match. Just how concerned are you about the South African batting lineup in comparison with the Australians that, albeit against the West Indies, have been led magnificently by Manus Labushadni? Yeah. Can we have him back for a few weeks? <laughs> Can we have the South African boy back? Um, I, know, I, know he was I know he was 10 when he... When he when he left the country, but it'd be nice to have him batting, you know, but he, he's been a fantastic form. And that is the one thing, you know, he's, he's an out and out first class test cricketer. Um, and a lot of our players jump between Dean Elgar is the only batter that we've got really that just plays first class cricket and, and doesn't get uh, picked in any of the T20 leagues around the world. So, you know, I think Manus has been in, in great form. And you say just against the West Indies, I mean, it's still, you to score double hundreds like that, back it up with a hundred and then another. It's just incredible form that he's been in. So, you know, that sort of that sort of mindset to to go, it doesn't matter who you're facing, you know, I'm I'm, I'm the opinion that if you score double hundred, you've played good cricket. So from that perspective, you know, if, if the two bowling teams are evenly matched, um, or two bowling units, I think this Africa will be looking desperately towards the captain, leading by example. He's quite a gritty character. But if he gets inserted on day one, he loses a toss. And if he has to, well, I don't know what Aussies will do, but if he has to bat first on this wicket and he does get out early, um, that's the only concern for South Africa because he is somebody who, who knows how to dig in and bat long. Temba Bavuma as well, who's come back from injury and kind of um, 
and off T20, so emotionally, not as, and when you tour Australia, you know, you've got to be on top of your own game. He hasn't spent a lot of time at the crease, Tam Bavuma, but it's been our, our, our most prolific uh, red ball cricketer batting-wise in the last two years. So South Africa hoping the likes of Bavuma and Elgo, the two who are gutted out. And we've got some quite, you know, attacking players and Carl Varane, the wicketkeeper batter, um, Rusty van der Dussen, and um, also Tinas Dubrain, who are sort of middle-order batters who are more aggressive in their stroke play. They certainly keep the scoreboard ticking, but they do give you an opportunity to get them out. Hey, John, do you just pronounce the surname of Marnus and got caught in no man's land between how it's said in Australia? You better tell listeners how it's said that. back in I back heard in that. South no, Africa. no, no. I, I love that. But South Africa, exactly. I, I love Marnus Labashani because it means he's got, it can't be I mean, because then he's playing for Australia. But when it's Marnus Labashani, then he's, he's all us, that's for sure. Now, Jonty, I was pl- I was new to cricket at about the time when you were just sort of reigning supreme, and you know everyone wants to bowl, everyone wants to bat or wicket keep, but you were the first in my eyes anyway. I'm sure there may have been, or there may not have been, someone before you, but you made fielding sexy. We, we, our board lit up for an hour about people <laughs> who had niche excellence, and uh, it was all on the back of your fielding abilities. You don't just have that naturally. I mean, part of it would be naturally, but what? why were you so good and elite and above the pack when it came to the greater game of fielding, Jonty? Um, well, thank you. I mean, it was it's, it's quite a compliment, but I think at a, for a long time, it was easy to be the number one fielder in the world because other than Dean Jones, there was nobody else really running around the field and putting in an effort. The guys would put a boot out, so to stand out wasn't that difficult. But I think, you know, growing up in South Africa, very similar to Australia, very outdoor, very sports and multi-sports, you know, background. Um, I do a lot of work in India and it's just cricket. Here in Oz and also in, in, in SA, that's Adelaide. Um, it's South Africa. We, you know, winters are dominated by rugby, by, by hockey, by, by soccer. Um, and then summer, yeah, you've got cricket and athletics and tennis. So. I was a, a multi-sport playing youngster, and I think my fielding prowess was first and foremost because I actually loved fielding. I had all this ridiculous energy, and it was the, the best way for me to spend 90 overs in a day in test cricket was to run around <laughs> and, and throw myself at anything and everything. So a couple of things that were advantageous to me, I had very low center of gravity, basically I'm a short arm. Um, so to dive play. around wasn't that difficult, to bounce back up, you know, we, got some, we had some in our team, uh, Brian McMillan, Alan Donald, Farney de Villiers, they certainly weren't going to throw themselves around the outfield <laughs> because they had jobs to do as bowlers. So many things, many things that were in my favour, the multi-sport, the, the love, but most importantly, the love for fielding. I just love being on the, on the park. Jonty, how close did you come to being a South African Olympian for hockey? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was an interesting question because I often get, I often get credited with playing hockey for South Africa, but never never got there. Uh, 1992, because South Africa wasn't a democracy when we got invited to the Cricket World Cup in 1992. We only became a democracy in 1994, but what the Cricket Board had done in South Africa was a join. Um, we had, obviously, through apartheid, the minority apartheid regime, we had white and non-white sporting bodies. And Dr. Ali Bacher was the CEO of the top administrator for cricket in South Africa, and he saw change taking place. Uh, the ANC were releasing or the government had unbanned the ANC, released Nelson Mandela, and he united the cricket board, 
whereas all the other sporting codes were still two bodies. So what happened after that 92 World Cup, the South African Hockey Association were hoping for a late invite to the Barcelona Olympics. But let's face it, achieving just getting to the Olympics is a journey in itself. So nobody's getting a late invite, that's for sure. So that was 92 out the way. And then 1996 Atlanta. Um, a lot of my mates were playing in the 96 Atlanta and I just retired from state hockey because I was still playing, you know, four or five months of the year in the winter in South Africa. I was still playing state hockey. So the selectors had said to me, if I come and give them two weeks of trial, they'll take me to Atlanta. But I, I pulled a hamstring a week before the trial. So um, playing a cricket match. So I was then not even considered because I had to obviously go and, and at least put in a performance before selection. So it came close twice, but never, never, never got there. John D, can you take us back to 1992? And you mentioned that you're just back into the picture and uh, this great battle with Australia. You make your debut and it's an iconic World Cup. For us as Australians, we love it. Lance Klusner was going berserk that World Cup. And we know the Australian side of story for this particular World Cup. Can you take us into what happened with South Africa and how close you guys went? It would have been a great story had you, you just get back accepted back into the World Cup to win that, how big it would have been for the country. But take us through to some of the events that happened in the lead up to that particular tournament. Sure, it was, I mean, as a South African team, we were in the first time we had any international experience. We'd obviously had rebel tours organized throughout um, the years of apartheid and sporting sanctions. But the first official tour South Africa went on was September, October of 1991. So just prior to the, the Cricket World Cup, which was in, what, January, February in Australia and New Zealand. But I didn't go on that tour. They had, because they, they, they literally, September, same as Australia, the, the season hadn't yet started. So they chose all these old experienced men in the team to go to um, to go to India in September and October of 19. And then Kepler Vessels had played in Australia as an Australian. He had immigrated with his family to Australia, an Australian. And uh, he then came back to South Africa, played in, in, in the test series, I mean, that one day series, and then was named captain for the 1992 World Cup. And as an Australian, and in those days, all the cricket grounds you know, you didn't have the, the rope, the boundary rope with the advertising on. The, the boundary was basically either a concrete fence or a wooden fence. Or, you know, here there was at the Gabba, there was a dog track uh, around the outside. So, you you know, it was Kepler knew that the grounds were really big. And he wanted younger, faster players, at least one or two of them in his team. So, Hansi Cronier and myself were two younger, faster, fitter boys, basically, who were 22 who got selected by Kepler Vessels because what he believed we could add. I mean, South Africans were surprised that I was picked in the team. I mean, they were all going, Jonty who? Um, and it hadn't <laughs> been for, I mean, a fantastic photograph taken taken by a local guy here, Jim, Jim Fenwick, who was a, a local photographer. I mean, he literally launched my career. Him and Inzema Mulhak's really bad running between the wickets. So I have very fond memories of playing at the Gabba, but I'm also very grateful to Jim Fenwick, the, the photographer on the day, who, who took that iconic picture of me flattening wow. the stumps. Jaunty, we'll come 
back to Kepler in a moment because I know Joel's got a question regarding the trophy that these two Test Nations will play for in coming weeks. But I want to jump to the Sydney Cricket Ground in 1994. Yeah. You beat the Aussies a couple of times and you scored a half century in both of those Test victories. But in 94 at Sydney, you batted first. The South Africans scored 169. Australia then 292, so well in front. In the second innings, your 76 helped South Africa to 239. Not enough, it seemed, because Australia needed only 117 for victory. Take us back to that famous final day at the SCG when the White Lightning, Alan Donald and Fanny de Villiers cut loose. Have you had a bigger post-match celebration than that test win in Sydney? <laughs> what goes on tour and definitely in the change room stays on tour and definitely in the change room. But we, we had a, it was interesting because it was, it was probably the afternoon of day four where it started for us. Um, and not because I got 70 odd not out. I was batting with Alan Donald, who's not known for scoring a lot of runs, but he stuck around with me. We, we put on a 30 run partnership. Shane Warne had ripped through us in both, in both innings as we just were still trying to work out the flipper. Um, not just Daryl Cullinan, but the rest <laughs> of us too. And it was the afternoon, I think. The, the last session of play, I think Australia were 50 for one only and, and only needing, as you said, 117 runs to win. So we then, uh, David Boone clipped a leg stump half volley straight into Gary Kirsten's chest at short square leg. And um, Farid de Villiers, that was one of his wickets. And then the night watchman was Tim May. He got sent in and he got cleaned over as well. And then Ian Healy came to bat and he also got knocked over. So we went, you know, having Australia were at 50 for one, looking very comfortable, literally 15 minutes before the close of play. We ended the day at 50 for four. But stumps were then called, and Alan Border was the, the next batter in, batting number six for Australia. And that we had spoken, Kepler, we had a long chat at the end of day four. And Kepler just said, guys, the key, because he's obviously spent, he knows AB really well, they, you know, both from Queensland, spent a lot of cricket with him. The key for us tomorrow is Alan Border. And literally, Alan Donald in his first over just, I think, flicked the pad and flicked the stump. Yeah, Johnny. This is the hour with Johnny Rhodes. I hope you know. No, I'm only joking, mate. It's not the hour with Johnny Rhodes, but we're having so much fun speaking to you. We will wrap it up because we've taken you for so long. But I do want to read this one out, and I've got one more question as well, and we'll let you go. Uh, this one comes from the Brisbane Eel. He says, uh, Johnny Rhodes, what a guest. He says he has such a love for India. His youngest child is named India. And he goes on to say that what made Jonty fall in love with a country that was once an adversary, says Brisbane Eel. How would you answer that, Jonty? Yeah, interesting. Have you got time for me to answer the question? As you've noticed, I do talk a lot. Uh, yes, yeah, <laughs> so, we've got is as that much I, time you know, as you've got. My, my wife's... Yeah, <laughs> my my wife's actually a yoga teacher. I mean, we we both South Africans. We've we've had two born in India because it would coincided with sort of three months of the IPL. So uh, my wife is a yoga teacher. For her, it was you know quite a, a spiritual birthing experience um, from that point of view. And for me, it was was more a case of um, you know I've seen what Tendulkar's son has been through. I've seen what uh, Sanu Gavaskar's son has been through. And just what, in, in, as in pressure to follow in the father's footsteps. And, and not that my daughter, although she could, she could easily play cricket for, you know, a country and, and represent a country as, as a female cricket player. But for them, for me, it was more a case of India every day surprises you. Guys, you have no idea. I mean, if you have not been to India, 
it either overwhelms you or just it just blows you away because there are just so many people. I mean, it, it literally in your face and in your space the entire time. So every day something new happens. So, you, you know, you kind of learned as, as, as international sportsmen and women, you that carpe diem sees the day. And, and the one thing about India, it really tests your patience um, in everything. Because so for me, it was a case of just embrace the day. So whatever I saw, whatever I encountered, I would just embrace it. And, and that was sort of the reason behind me wanting to call India, India, my daughter, because I would embrace, this is her journey. I'm not worried about, you know, she has to follow anything or any plan that I have for her. It's her journey and every day I will embrace whatever she decides on. So that, that, was, that was kind of my reasoning behind wanting to call India, India. And as I said, from my wife's point of view, it was a way more spiritual. But, um, you know, I'm just kind of a face, a face value kind of guy. What you see is what you get. Not too deep. <laughs> well, Jaunty, if you want to laugh one day, check out YouTube. There's a quiz, a radio quiz. And uh, the quiz get hijacked by a stack of youngsters who ring up for the quiz and every single answer is India. It's one of the funniest radio clips you'll see. So if you want a bit of a laugh there. But the players you play with, Kepler Vessels, Alan Donald, oh, well. Peter Kirsten, Brian McMillan, Hansi Cronje, other iconic South Africans, Gary Kirsten, Yax Callis, Sean Pollock, Lance, the list just goes on. Paul Adams, Fani de Villiers, yeah. Hashlam Amla, it goes on. But we will hear your dulcet tones on SEM. We're grateful for that. But the final question before we let you go, and we have kept you for a long time. Australia have just retained the Frank Worrell Trophy between Australia and the West Indies. Australia prepare for South Africa. We still don't have a named trophy. Cricket Australia and Cricket of South Africa were open to suggestions way back in 2016. Do you have a firm, strong view, Jonty, before we let you go, as to what we should be playing for ahead of this big, big series? I, I don't. You know, it's interesting because I've, I've been following the, the conversation on social media, and, and it was interesting that, that Kepler Vessels is the one guy that's played um, for, for both countries, but you, and, and also at a really important time for South Africa. You know, you, you, you've, if you, I, I'm, I'm yet to come up with. I know for me, my suggestion was from a South African point of view was Dr. Ali Bakker, who was a South African captain. And it wasn't just about his cricket performance, because that was obviously pre democracy during the days of apartheid, but it was more his administration. I mean, I really believe that I, I know I came to the World Cup in '92 because of Dr. Bakker. Um, he was a fantastic cricket player, he had a great results against Australia. Um, but if an administrator bar, you know, bar none in South Africa. But I, I, I don't know. From a player point of view, um, Kepler Vessels, yeah, I mean, it makes a lot of sense having the Kepler Vessels somebody trophy, but I don't know who to include in that. Now, I like your suggestion there, and uh, we can marry it up with an Australian equivalent. I think I think you're on a winner, Jonty, as you are, you'll be yeah. a winner for the SEN's coverage. Mate, we have had a wonderful time going down memory lane. Maddie and I and the greater team at SCN, very grateful to have you, Johnny Rhodes. Thank you very much, and thanks for joining the run home with Joel and Fletch. Cool. Thanks, Joel. Thanks, Maddie. See you guys. Talk to you soon. What, what a champion. SCN's coverage of the summer of cricket continues Saturday with Australia taking on the South African side at the Gabba, former Proteus legend, as we mentioned, the man we've just spoken to, iconic legend for South Africa, Johnny Rhodes, joins the call team with Waitley, Adam Collins, Simon Kadic, Ian Healy, Michael Kasperwich, and Barhart Sundarason. It's going to be an absolute beauty. One verse two when it comes to the Test Championship. This is the run home with Joel and Fletch today. The great, humble Matty Russell. We're looking forward to the rest of the program. Still plenty to come. We're coming to you live from Wollongong Golf Club.
where the Blitz is on, the Blitz Golf Pro Series, and we are down to the pointy end. A break and back with more. Tomorrow's car is in stock today. Tech driver Hyundai Tucson turbo diesel all-wheel drive. It's the run home with Joel and Fletch on SEM. Uh, it certainly is. We are here live, live, and it's pumping. It's pumping, so you can appreciate the noise here, but you've got to get to one of these. I've got no doubt about this Matt Russell, who's filling in for Bearshead Brian Fletcher. I think strongly this concept is going to explode, but I think how they really make it explode, they've got to take it to the clubs, the local clubs, where there's a Saturday and you put a blitz on. Yep. It, it, it's fantastic. We're here at Wollongong Golf Club for Blitz Golf. If you are around, uh, even if you miss the end of it, which you've probably still got a good hour, uh, Coromel Street, Wollongong, it's just a hive of activity. It's brilliant down here. Yeah. Blitz Golf, 24 players, 10 holes, three cuts after six yep. holes, yep. then after the next three, and then one hole to decide it. And if yep. that's all square, we come to a special hole where it's nearest the pin, basically. Pressure. Some eat it, some get eaten by it. Brooks. I was thinking just being here and seeing Oscar and Matty Campbell play, how good would it be if we got some of the top Aussie sports stars broadcast it and they win, maybe they get half a charity, half prize money. Like, imagine having all those NRL players that love their golf, have Braith involved, yeah, yeah, have some yeah. of the AFL It'd guys. It. It'd be great, wouldn't it? Like, yep. ten holes, like, you've got this sort of three stages, breaks for ads, like, yeah, yeah, analysis, yeah, yeah, yeah. interviews. Let's get to this. Let's talk. Should we do this off, offline? Offline. Pitch. Offline. I'll do the minutes. Mate, it'll be a cracker. It'll be a cracker. one uh, 1170 Hi, Joel and Matt. How about the Callus Warren Trophy? Cheers, Jeff. Uh, Russ and Shug. Uh, Cam from Carlo here. My 1% is Anthony Minicello, who used to make 20 runs per game without the ball. He would chime into the back line to help make numbers, but not necessarily get the ball all the time. And, of course, the Morris boys have any players in the history of the game chase more kicks, uh, made that one more tackle or been there just in case. Nope. Also, don't forget Bobby Simpson, who basically introduced 1% as the one-day game. The first ever 50-over World Cup we won massively due to Bob and fielding and running between the wickets, even playing mind games like training just after the team got off the flight into India. So there comes a text. All those words and not a name on the end of it, 488. But I will say this um, about those one percenters. Anthony Minicello, what, what a play. Golden boot winner, if you don't mind. Anthony Minicello and the Morris boys you talk about. You throw in Steve. Steve lives down here, Kyama or something? They're both Morris boys. Uh, have interests down here, either business interests yes. or real estate interests. And there's actually, uh, in the planning, a big uh, sort of get-together rugby league function, one of Bob Millwood's extravaganzas, to yeah. celebrate both Morris boys and Dad Steve. Really? Um, to get the Roosters involved. Yes. So that's coming up early in 2023. Yes, OK. Uh, big crowd plan there, put on the back burner because of COVID a couple of times. So yes. keep your eye out to acknowledge some of South Coast's best rugby league talent. So the Morris boys, the brothers and the father, combined for almost 500 first-grade tries, or NRL tries. Yeah. First-grade first grade tries. tries. Nearly 500, Matty. Yeah, yeah. Dad, a winger, become a halfback, yeah. you know, and it's a great story of persistence through injuries, yep. ultimately injury-ending careers. But how, it's, how it's many other players story. can you name that played wing and halfback? Oh, I'd need to apply my brain longer than we have here. I reckon but off it, you go. Andrew McFadden, I reckon, did that. Yeah, sugar. Yep. I reckon Preston Campbell did that. But not many more. 
If you've got any more, let us know. Not many more played winger and halfback. We're asking about the one percenters because Jaunty Rhodes celebrated as a fielder, as he should be, setting the standard yep. during the 90s. He was the best at his business, but he was much more than just a fielder. Oh. Really good batsman. You don't play more than 50 tests, nearly 251 day internationals, just because you're a good fielder. No, that's right. And you look back at some of the... the series he won, the tests he won with big scores. It's a credit to him but you go back to Australia v South Africa. Last met 2018 South Africa won the series 3-1 before that it was in Australia and South Africa won the series 2-1. Last time the Aussies won a series was way back 2013-14. Would have been nice to ask Jaunty what his prediction of this three test series Well that series was on in. my list but I, s- I suspect he'll take the Glenn McGrath approach and go yeah. 3-0. Really? As Glenn McGrath said that for us he always does. Oh, yeah. He always does. Yeah, 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 it's 5-0, yeah, 4-0, yeah. thrill, yeah. depending on how many tests there <laughs> That's are. That's right. But with that pace attack, which is legitimately quick, legitimately scary, big, tall humans, fastest bowlers in the world, I tell you what, it will be a step up for our batsmen after the series I've just played. Who's their... Excuse my ignorance. Who is their threat with the bat? Well, that's the problem for them. That, that, that's the, right. The, 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 bat, the batting is the area where they are being questioned. Yeah. But if their bowlers can do the job and there's not a lot of pressure being applied, then maybe they won't need the best batting lineup in the world. I'm intrigued to see how Marnus goes, yeah. you know, against his birth country, off the heroics that he's delivered already. But this is, make no mistake, not just one step up in grade. You're going up multiple steps in grades. Matty, I'm going to say, I'm going to declare this. We cannot be beaten. I'll tell you why. I hate the early crow. We cannot be beaten. And I'll we're tell you starting what. at Brisbane and we'll have confidence from there for Yeah, there we go. Yeah, you guys got the crow going. Now, the reason being, so we have got four bowlers with 200 or more tests with so much experience bowling. We have got three batsmen, including the top batsmen in the world, in the top seven. And that doesn't include Travis Head, who top scored in the last match. Like, on that alone, and we're playing at home, surely, surely, whatever you want to call it, we cannot be beaten. one 1170 is a way to have your say. We must get to the news. April, we do apologise. We're coming to you live from Wollongong Golf Club for Blitz Golf. So come on down and check out the action Coromel Street in Wollongong. This is the run home with Joel and Fletch. Today, Matty Russell. All thanks to Hyundai Tucson Turbo Diesel. April, thank you very much. And uh, plenty of text messages coming in, waxing lyrically, lavish with praise for the great Jonty Rhodes, who's part of SEN's coverage of the Summer of Cricket, which continues Saturday. What a series this is going to be. And as Gibbo said to me in the break, I've gone the greatest, the single greatest early crow in the history of sport for Australia. Unbeatable, I think, against South Africa. He's logged it. So if, if South Africa win, I'm in major trouble. Now, Joel, just let me interrupt you there. We haven't touched on the talk. Banter between these countries at one stage was a yes. fever point. What will it be like in this series? And to what level will David Warner yes. cop it from the South Africans? Oh, well... It, Massive level. What do you think? Well, I've heard people say, no, it won't happen. Uh, we've moved on. But I feel like saying, try again. I'm sure there's going to be some uh, mental degeneration. Yeah. Or yeah. attempted mental degeneration. Ha- have we not, especially at the moment. Have we not met, met since that infamous series? We haven't met since 2018. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well. well, Scheduling and COVID. Yeah, okay. Well. It's interesting. Uh, former Proteas legend, the man we spoke with, Johnny Rose, will join the call team. Jared Waitley, Adam Collins, Simon Kadic, Ian Healy, Michael Kasperwich, Barat Sunderason. It is massive. Now, I asked the question before around which players have played wing and also half. There's heaps of nominations coming through. I don't believe that most of these have. Uh, somebody's saying Reese Walsh, potentially. Dan says he's going to say David Peachy. 
maybe. Not sure about that. Connor Tracy, big chance that he did. Uh, afternoon, fellas. Matt Rogers went from the wing to 5'8". I reckon a lot of people have done that. Not quite halfback, but close, says Fox from the Hills. Formerly Fox from Putney. Oh, he's he's uh, upgraded his name or downgraded, whichever <laughs> way you wish to, to say that. I don't know the difference between the Hills and Putney. Uh, Fox, you let me know. Uh, Latrell Mitchell. I'm not thinking Latrell's played halfback, has he? I can't remember him playing half. Matty Bowen played halfback? I'm sure he did at some stage. He may have played halfback at some stage, Matty Bowen. Uh, hey, Sugar, big T-Rex often played halfback with the ball and wing in defence <laughs> while packing the second row for Manly. <laughs> Sledges came from, came from Camden. Uh, this one here is right. There's a few nominations for Greg Alexander. Would have played for Australia at probably wing and halfback, wouldn't he? When he was doing the uh, cartwheels behind the posts as a try scorer yeah. on a kangaroo tour, was he playing on a wing there? I, I reckon he would have done both. Fullback, of course, as well. Uh, Steve Carter, a nominee. I can't imagine Steve Carter on the wing. Carter. Boys, I've got uh, one Ryan for you. Gert. Yes, mate? I've got one. Uh, famous Amos Roberts. Played, he played a lot of wing for the Chooks and then one game. I think Freddie Fittler was the coach. He put him in at halfback. <laughs> Is that right? Absolutely oh, actually, right. Okay, I've got another one which you've inspired me on by talking Chooks. He's officially, I don't know if he's actually played this position, but when oh, Cooper yes. Cronk was going to be ruled yeah. out, <laughs> Mitch Orbison was the number seven. He yeah. would have played wing, wouldn't he, Mitch Orbison? Absolutely. Everywhere. He yeah. would have been, it. it would have been in the same game, Joel. He would have been in attack halfback and defending on the wing. Yes. He is the legitimate wing halfback. That's right. In the same game. You're exactly <laughs> right. Uh, this one comes from Dan. Uh, Jared Hayne definitely played wing in 5'8". Yeah, I don't reckon he played halfback. Um, Brett Kenny, did he play wing and halfback? Anyway, there's a few nominees. I don't even know how we got on that topic, but uh, <laughs> it's lit up the board. There's no doubt about that. one 300 This is a run home with Joel and Matty Russell on this fine Friday. And we're coming to you live from Wollongong Golf Club, all thanks to Avcon Projects, presenting partner of Blitz Golf Wollongong Industrial Services, Waste Management and Emerge Response that you can trust. The Lawn Cub Hall Line, uh, Lawn Hub Call... <laughs> Call line. It is my last show of the year, boys. The Lawn Hub call line, one 1170 You know what? I was worried about getting trapped on this name, Lawn Hub. I didn't think it would be Lawn Cub that would trip me over. <laughs> I was more concerned about the lawn part of it. But anyway, one 1170 or text 0457 736 736. Real lawn fanatics use Lawn Hub fertiliser. A break it back with more. Tomorrow's car is in stock today. Tech driver Hyundai Tucson turbo diesel all-wheel drive. It's the run home with Joel and Fletch on SEN. Yeah, fascinating scenes here at the Blitz Golf Pro Series round two. So just repeating what they do. We're at the Wollongong Golf Club. Feel free to come down. It's a pumping golf. In fact, I've never seen a golf course pumping. A local golf course pumping like we're doing here. We're seeing here today. Uh, come on down to Blitz Golf Wollongong, and that's all because of Avcon Projects, Industrial Services, Waste Management, and Emergency Response You Can Trust. It's the last day of our nine days of Dogmas. We all love being with our family for Christmas, and like us, dogs want to be with family too. So, together with Greyhounds as pets, we're making it our mission to find a home for these beautiful dogs just in time for Christmas. Today, meet Peter, who is a real character, <laughs> great with older kids, and would love a backyard. If you love the sound of Peter... All you need to do is head to gapnsw.com.au. Now, of course, you can change Peter's name if you, you feel the need to do that. one 300 is the way. Sorry, Rooster Pedro, uh, if I said that about Peter. one 300 Around the grounds we go. Blitz Golf Pro Series. We're into round two. 
And Matthew Miller is the leader at one under. Now, can you set the scene here, please, Matty Russell? So after six holes, it was the 15-year-old youngster, Sam Cassio, in yes. front. But after those six holes, you start again. You just make the cut, then you go back to, to zero. So Matt Miller, one under through one hole. Yes. Now, a three-hole leg, if you like. He's a three-time champion on the Blitz circuit already, including an event early this season, the How Long Golf Club event in the Riverina. Uh, James Ghibellini, he was winner in Brisbane at the Oxley Golf Club, but it's Matt Miller leading the second round, if we can call it that. Which three holes. Three holes. Yeah. I love this concept. I, I can't be more vocal about how this concept should be adopted at local clubs. And then the top four yes. head into a one-hole shootout. Yes. And if we have scores level there, they head to an emergency hole where it's simply nearest the pin. <laughs> I love it. A one-shot attempt to win the bulk of the 20k. I was naive about what I was coming to, and I have to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, it's a cracker. one 1170 is a way to have your say. Look, it's been a big year in sport. Just before we get into that, we're watching all these golfers play. Maddie, if you, if yourself and three others were here to play blitz golf as a foursome, who would you love to play with? I'm not talking about the best golfer. I'm talking about just somebody you'd love to do 10 holes with. Well, this is an age-old question, isn't yeah. it? Fought out in pubs and bars yeah. around the country. I had a think. What about, and, and, and this is my, I'm one. I'm playing with John Daly. Yes. I think he'd be great company, good stories. Um, I'm playing with Margot Robbie. Oh, yeah, big fan. Yeah, yeah, I reckon yeah. she'd be pretty handy at golf. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm playing for some cerebral acrobatics to yes. energise the mind. Jordan Peterson, who just toured Australia, yes. his show that. 12 rules of life. So there's an eclectic mix. M. Russell, John Daly, Margot Robbie, Jordan Peterson. Yeah, unfortunately, Margot's been signed already. So, <laughs> so she's already committed okay, to a Joel contract. Joel Kane parachutes Yeah, in. yeah, she's already been committed to a contract. I'd actually, I'd, I'd actually love to get into the mind for 10 holes of Don, Donald Trump. Just, I'm not a fan of Donald Trump's, but he's achieved what he's achieved, which I find quite remarkable. Uh, beyond that, Greg, I love. I grew up loving Greg Miles, the race caller. Oh yeah. He wouldn't be the top of everyone's list, but Greg Miles, I'd just love to hear about his story for for ten holes. And then one other. Who would I have for another one? I take your pick. You let me know, listeners, who the fourth one should be. One three hundred oh one eleven seventy is a way to have your say for Lawn Hub. Good afternoon, run homers and cooey sugar pie. What about Munster? Put him anywhere, any time, and he'll give it a go. Fantastic year, and thanks to all the enjoyable laughing, lyrically, entertainment, and game calls throughout the year, Sugar. Cheers and congratulating, celebrating Bevy's Hillstorm Hillary. Hillary, you have been rock solid all year, and we appreciate Maybe you can be my fourth player in the team. Uh, one 1170 is the way to have your say. Joel, what about this? I've got a, a good blokes foursome. I'm not playing. I'm just walking around carrying their bags, right? Because I called these four in the under-20s in yes. the Toyota Cup way back when. They've all gone on to have great first-grade careers and be fantastic humans. Dale Finucane, Josh Jackson, Kieran Foran, Jared Waria Hargreaves, all members of the under-20s team of the year when yes. they're at their prime in the under-20s. And it's been a privilege watching them go on to have successful NRL careers. So wow. I, I just walk around with them as they yeah. play. I tell you, the, the Cowboys would have a nice foursome of players who played 20s but never settled in at first grade there. I know he played a couple of games. Caelan Ponga played 20s yep. with Viliame Kikau, with Brandon Smith, with uh, the big fellow at Canberra. Who's the big Corey Horsburgh? Right. Those four 
Big Bra- Red. Braden Hamlin Ueli, a fifth player. Those five players had decorated 20s careers for the Cowboys, and all they got out of it was a couple of games from Kalen Ponga. Can you believe that? Townsville was just on the wrong end of a, a poll around Australia to pick the place you'd least like to go. I won't use the word they, they used to sum yeah. up the town, but I disagree. I've really? enjoyed my trips to yeah. North Queensland each and every time. Yeah, I've, I've told you the one before where uh, they used to give you two nights sleep in Townsville, right? And Bar said, ah, bugger that. He said, let's go up the day of the game and we can have two nights after. <laughs> anyway, we got flogged. one 300 the run home with Joel and today, Matty Did it Russell. change the two nights out afterwards, being uh, flogged? Yeah, it was no. supposed to, but a few <laughs> snuck out.